This is Bigger Than Memphis, a video podcast where I interview local businesses in Memphis and the surrounding areas. We get to know these entrepreneurs on a professional level and also on a personal level because you should know who you're doing business with. So come along with us on this journey and we hope that you enjoy. Man, so when you got started, was it hard? Did you have to come up with a lot of capital? I know consulting is one thing that, you know, it sometimes it's not a big deal to get started. Um, it it was in different ways. Gotcha. It wasn't too hard to get started. Um when I was at my last job, you know, I ended up doing having this situation where again it was just uncomfortable because I wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm just be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my mentor, still mentor, still great relationship with her. She still helps me out and that sort of thing. Um, she came to me and she's like, she just happened. She was already had her own company, uh, was consulting, you know, that sort of thing. And she's like, what are you doing in this district? And I just was like trying to make a difference, you know, and just walked away from her. I didn't know who she was, I, you know, but I was upset at the time. And I just kind of walked away. I know she was going to change my situation. Um, I ended up being in her training session. So she's training the English teachers in, the, in my department, basically. And, um, you know, and I, I like learning. So I'm going to sit there and I'm going to be a student. Even if I, you know, whatever I know, I can still pick something up. That's just a belief I have. Even a homeless person can teach you how not to be homeless. Yes. So you not seeing value in people when those people can give you the game. Like, these are the mistakes I made. Yes. So that's one thing I, I try never to do is, like, overlook people because mm-hmm. of the situation that they're in, right? Um, but she's in a, you know, better situation than me and that sort of thing. And she's training me and, you know, I'm going to go to the train. I'm going to try to learn as much as possible, but I'm also like engaged. So I'm going to answer questions, this and this. So I'm like answering questions or saying, oh, like this idea or whatever. And she's just looking at me like, Girl, what you doing in this district? <laughs> and so she like kind of talks to me afterwards. So she's like, um, you know, here's my card, you know, mm. in case you should ever decide to do something else. And it was weird because when I first started in that district, I was coming from Colorado and I have this training, the certification that nobody else in this region has, like legitimately, mm. because I started off as an ESL mm-hmm. teacher. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to get a whole bunch of like English language learners and nobody knows how to teach them like in this region. Right. So I was like, man, I could really leverage this and train yes. people with this literal certification from the, you know, because uh, despite what people think, right? Memphis have a lot of different cultures they coming do, here. And people and, don't even, know, we don't even realize that. We might have gotten a little trouble and stuff around that because, mm. you know, because we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, so I was thinking like, you know, I could probably leverage that, but I got pregnant and I got into that, you know, mentality of security yeah. and that sort of thing. So I stayed at work and I, you know, did the job. But um, when this happened, you know, my daughter's, you know, she's like one or two and, I called Dominic and I'm like, you know, hey, I got this, you know, this idea is kind of crazy. Because at this time, you know, we live in a good, you know, middle, you know, middle class life, you know, both got jobs doing straight. And I'm like, I, th- I think I want to quit my job. I want to do this. And to his credit, he, you know, he didn't even think about it. Honestly, I thought we was going to have to have a discussion when I got home. Oh, wow. Lay out the math of it or something. He was like, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know nothing about <laughs> education consulting, but I know you. And if, if you think you can do it, I know you can do it. Oh, wow. That's so I was wonderful. like, all right. Well, I started using, you know, the little days I had left and that sort of thing. Um, so it kind of was easy. Cause it's like, you know, a door opens and mm-hmm. you just walk through it. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's the, the, the simple is simple. Yeah. Now where the simple gets 
messy is when you start dealing with the mental part of it and the the fear and the yes. you know the doubt and that sort of thing. That's what makes the simple hard. Um, and so there was a lot of that. And then a year into it, and this is when after I lost the job, you know, not really no no security as we call it and that sort of thing. This is the part people fear. Um, I got pregnant again. Okay. And pretty early on, they started to kind of realize, like, maybe there were some complications or something. Mm-hmm. Baby wasn't getting blood flow. I ended up having to deliver. And it's weird because, you know, I had to kind of calculate it, right? So I get a baby. In, I had a baby in March, yeah, yeah. in May, out for the summer. You know, the timing <laughs> was going to work out. So I ended up having, you know, having them early in March, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was born prematurely. He's really small. Um, still having complications. And he lived for six days. I, mm, I sorry to hear was you. able to, I thank you, um, able to have my son for six days, right? And then, so that's the part people fear, right? It's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And, and there I am staring it down in the face, and, you know. And um, what I realized is that, like, I didn't want my son to be an excuse for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want, you know, as much as I could, I wanted that memory to try to be happy that at least for six days I had, you know, my son in my life. Um, I'm not going to do him the injustice of using that, him as an excuse not to do what I want to do. But after that, honestly, like the gloves came off. Like it was like, I'm not afraid anymore. You can't telling me no is not scary. Not like I this is the thing people are afraid. Right. That security. I didn't have it. And when when I don't work, I don't work like I don't get paid, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just teamwork. My husband being my husband, that that banking background came in handy. I don't know. <laughs> He was doing some fuzzy math, as as the president would call it, I guess. <laughs> okay, nah, let me not say that. I don't want the IRS, like, listening to me. It's uh-uh. like, nah, nah, nothing like that. That ain't but what she talking about. He, he made it stretch. You know how, you know how we doing our, cult, our culture. Yeah. Like, he he made it stretch and, I, and, and, and gave me space to kind of recover and, you know, get my mind right because it wasn't for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I went back at it, it was like, you know, I walked into the building and I would have, you know— you know, I, I think relationships are important, so I never want to go into a building with, like, an air of superiority. But there was—I wasn't afraid. Yeah. You know? And if—you know, and it became like, you know, hey, if this don't work for you, if you—this doesn't fit with the culture here, there's no point in me driving down here, coming here, or whatever. We're just—and I would literally get that—I give it to teachers, I give it to administrators, I give it to school district leaders, whoever needs to hear it. Because it's true. That's good. The other part of that, it taught me the value of time. Mm. And so what we ended up realizing, we understood that that lesson about time and money came out of that time period. Where do I want to put my energy? Yeah. So that that's where it stopped being consulting and started being, well, what is education? What does an education com- look, company look like? We can we teach people. We train people. I can teach teamwork. I can like so we mm-hmm. do uh, team building exercises, but not like the the hokey ones where it's like, ah, you know, that's yeah. it. It's something where like you tell me what it is your team is struggling with. If they're mm-hmm. struggling with communication, we design a team building exercise to teach communication, right? Mm. To force communication. So that sort of thing, being able to be intentional about that part and that um, forget the money. We, we, we did this with no money, yeah. you know, we got through it. And so it's like, all right, well, that was eye opening that, you know, <laughs> It's like, all right, the money's either going to be there or it isn't. Well, it's not going to stop a show. So that is, I don't know how to explain it. It was just freeing. It was it was mentally, it freed me from the fear of everything 
that I was afraid of, it it wasn't everything I was afraid of wasn't the worst thing that could happen. The worst thing that could happen happened, and then that made everything else seem silly. And I don't. Mm, I I have a story too. We'll talk about that off camera, but I I never even thought about it like that. Mm. Oh, y'all, look, don't y'all come on here no more. Okay, sorry. <laughs> This yeah, will be my final appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than Memphis. <laughs> yeah, you gonna have to come on if I do another one. You have to come on it. But yeah, y'all just making me really think about stuff in a way that I never, I, I didn't think, I never thought about it like that. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, so this is the part of the show where we get to know a little bit more about you. Okay. Uh, we know that you are already wonderful. Okay, so where are you from? Are you from Memphis? <laughs> I say I am. You know. Uh-oh, okay, so okay. let's break these numbers down. I was born in Miami, Florida. My dad you was ain't in... from here. Now I'm just on, like... hold on. Can I get the timeline out? I was born in I was born in Day County because my dad's in the Air Force and um moved around for a little while. I think we settled in Memphis when I was about five because my dad died and my mom oh, okay. moved up here um because it was close to you know my people, her people in Tunica. Mm, okay, uh, just yeah. a little south of here. So um. So yeah, I've been I've been here since then. Left for college, obviously, but you know. So okay, I, I, I say I'm from okay, Memphis. Okay, you're from you Memphis. Know. You said five. Okay. okay. And then I used to say I was from South Memphis. Apparently, I'm from Southern Memphis because I'm from Southern, Westwood. That ain't no you know, Southern it ain't Memphis. South Memphis. Hey, look, all this round here is South, a part of Memphis. That's what I said. <laughs> but somebody over here like you, you can't claim South Memphis. What part of the city what, is it What then? streets was it? Like, what's the roundabout streets? You know, he, he, he like, you know, Latham Intrigue. That's, you know, if you ain't, oh, he wants you, you know, to be he deep like in deep the middle. in the, you know. In the heart. Yeah, getting <laughs> shot and stuff. You know. That's why he's from some Riverside. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, yeah, no, I grew I grew up in Westwood, right in, right in front of Mount Vernon Church. Oh, okay. That's why you was talking about Thursday. So I'm like, girl, what you talking about? Because I know that's, that's, that's my hood. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. no, mm-mm. Okay, that's too funny. <laughs> so how do you feel about Memphis? I love Memphis, honestly. I And I'm, I'm like, it's, Memphis is like, for me, it's like a bad kid. And I, uh-huh. I like bad kids. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I it's, it's probably the worst thing about me, but I do. Because I think they're funny. There's so much character, so much potential and things like that. And so that's that's what Memphis is to me. It's like it's like if we could, if we could just get right. Yeah. We would just have, it's like we perfectly located yes. you know for shipping we have so much talent here mm-hmm. but we don't often recognize and embrace you know what we have and i think what you guys mentioned um in the last episode about you know taking risks was really important but um and i, I guess i'm just gonna really piggyback off of that it's just like with with the taking it has to be opportunity um and that's the problem like we have uh I'm trying to see how much detail I want to get. Let's just say I understand that for the city and for the educational aspect, like, you know, our organization Mm -hmm. in the city. (laughs) Okay. For Memphis Shelby County Schools and for the the city commission, um, all all these people, right? All these Uh decision makers and things like that, right? I think the there there is a challenge, right? It's like you want to invest in the city, you want to create opportunities, but you also understand that there's a lack of information, education, things like that. But that doesn't mean there's a lack of of knowledge and or, or you know this base or whatever. It's not a lack of work ethic. It's not a lack of talent. So what is what does that look like? So then you start to see diversity, you know, these diversity studies and da 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 da. And at the end of the day. 
most of the money in this city goes to contracts to people who don't look like us That's or right. to, who have front men who look like us or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're not the owners and the people really benefiting from that. And I, I think that's such an unfortunate thing. So it's like, it's not really even about risk. It's about investment. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and everybody understands that investment comes with the aspect of risk, but it's more future thinking, you know, like I'm going to create these entrepreneurs. And I, I will say that there's a lot of programs that don't get really taken advantage mm-hmm. of as much as they should. Like the city, I, I, I probably have an email sitting in my inbox right now. The city is basically explaining how to apply for RFPs with, the, or, or mm-hmm. basically, I'm um, sorry for anybody. I don't like to use acronyms, <laughs> something teachers do too much, uh, but a request for proposal. This is basically the way the city kind of engages with entrepreneurs and figures out who has the ability to do certain contracts. Right. So you might have a little yard company, you know, and that sort of thing and, and say, OK, well, I got, you know, I got three mowers or whatever and I got five people who could do it. Maybe I can't do the whole contract, but I can apply for a part of that contract right. or whatever and then use that you know, that purchase order or that, um, what is it I'm thinking about? That's a purchase order. Yeah. Uh, use the purchase order that you get if you get approved oh, to yeah. take it to a bank, bank and you uh-huh. sell that bank that you have solvency, you have a client mm-hmm. that's this big. And if you invest in me or whatever, and it's again, it, I'm showing you that the risk is a little lower. I'm not just going and asking you for, you know, for, for a handout or whatever, or a hand up for that matter. I'm asking mm-hmm. you to make an investment. That's what you do, mm-hmm. but not, you know, Put them face to face with the reality that you're basically making the assumption that the, I'm riskier because I look like me. Right. But there's people in this city who don't look like us who can have an idea on a napkin and, and be a third as talented. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get it because they, you know, because of these these notions. And so I think we have to keep putting ourselves in positions and things like that. Um, I think that Memphis I have a theory, too. (laughs) And my theory is that all of the nonprofits in this city are latent entrepreneurship. Mm. Basically, that funds have been more readily available for, you know, if I feel philanthropic, I'm just, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. going to throw a little money or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so we have, um, I think I I read something that was saying Memphis is like often number one in the nation for like nonprofits. Um, and starting to rise actually for I entrepreneurship. It, so let me also say that. But I think there are so many nonprofits in the city because that's the avenue we saw to really building something and owning mm-hmm. something of our own. We don't really see a lot of cases. We don't really have a lot of information about you know getting loans or loans or getting funding yes. and that sort of thing. But we can go to an organization and ask them to to you know give us some money to help this cause. So I think it's an entrepreneurial spirit. But it's what happens when the the people lack the information lack and the, the opportunity to pursue entrepreneurship, yes. which technically, which really benefits the whole city. Um, we talked about those young people, you know, <laughs> and a lot of the crime and situation, that sort of thing. And I'm not a, you know, apologist or anything like that. And I don't think, you know, it's not like I think it's an excuse, but it is a reason mm-hmm. when you don't see people be successful yes. in ways that... Outside of this, I saw um, what was the the drug king point pen that they had the podcast about that was like, you know, had ties to Memphis and things like that. Uh, like, I see um, that. That's what success looks like to me. I see, like, mm-hmm. you know, okay. So Craig Pettis in yeah, the BFI, yeah, you know, B, you know. what, BFM or whatever it is. You, you know? know, and so BML. it's like the more, the more stories we have, the more, 
you know, eyelash millionaires we have, the the more that kids will see or people will see yeah. that, you know, instead of trying to take a little bit from the other people who worked hard to get that that part, you know, you could be building something and not creating this legacy where your kids' kids are going to mm-hmm. be, you know, not raised by their parents. You're going to be in and out of jail and things like that. Yeah. So I think we have to, when you want to change behavior, you have to have something that motivates people. And there has to be a vision for what this could look like. And it, that vision has to be real and tangible. Like yes, I can see it. Like I can see it. Yeah. So. And then it's another thing too. I One thing that I think we struggle with is worthiness. Like the people in Memphis don't think that we so we supposed to be big. Like, like and it's weird because when we go everywhere and when we go anywhere else, people are like you from Memphis. Man. Now then they might like do you do you have a gun? But other than that, <laughs> like after that question, like it's yeah, like, they be like, yeah, man, I love people from Memphis. Yeah. I love going. It's like you know, it's fun. You know, people. But, Talented. We, we don't even feel like we worthy of anything of good things or of big things. It's like we because we tell it and we tell it to we that that gets reinforced. Yeah, you know I, I don't say all this, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. Like I said, I love my city, but I'm always gonna speak on it if there's things where it's like okay, it could be improved, and and part of that just gets reinforced because. And I'm learning that this isn't just Memphis. Let me yeah. be clear about this. Like, a parent, it's the profit in your own land syndrome. Like, when you're from a place oh, yeah. and I grew up with you, in my mind, it won't let me believe that you have this yeah. quality that I didn't already know you had. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's a thing. But there's also, again, so much of our decisions and made, like, Dominic talked about the state we're in. Most of the state doesn't politically <laughs> align with the ideals of yeah. Memphis, I should say. Um, they don't look like, you know, the population of Memphis as as our and so it's like, you know, we, we do need to contend with that with the fact that some of those financial decisions, some of the opportunities and things like that, um, they're made by people who don't yes. identify with us and don't understand what it looks like and that sort of thing. But there are parts where we do have control over our budget and, you know, I think it's grounded in you know, again, trauma, racial trauma, <laughs> economic trauma, mm-hmm. like everything you could think of. Mm-hmm. But for whatever the reason, I think we tend to we place a higher value on people who are from cities that we perceive to be bigger, better, mm-hmm. hat, whatever. And it's like, OK, you know, those people came here for an opportunity. So what does that tell you? Right. And they, and they made an opportunity. And I could think of some really actually really talented people who, you know, from somewhere else, they made it big. But it's like. We we go place other places and make it big too. So it shouldn't yeah. be this whole in, inherent thing about Memphians being unworthy. Yeah. You know, I um if I could tell a quick story. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh my last year teaching I taught debate and it was important for me to teach them, you know, I'm a big advocate for it. <laughs> uh, to, I one of the things I want my kids to take out of class is to know how to advocate for themselves. I yes. want somebody, you know, be able to push back, stand up for yourself, be in a room, be heard. Um, all of that. So I take them to this place, uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi. It's like, you know, if you go down there, it has like, you might, there might be a Cartier store. Like for whatever reason, the middle of Mississippi is oh, where rich people yes, go to yes, shop. Yes, yes. Right. So it's a really affluent area. And um, so I'm taking my kids. They're from, um, you know, I taught in Tunica. So it's like <laughs> Sugar Ditch, if you know what that is. <laughs> okay. Like one of the poor, like literally the really? poorest neighborhood in the poorest state in the country, you know, what wow. I mean, at one point. And so they have this, this thought process of, of unworthiness too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we coming from down here. Well, you know, yeah. So we get off the, you know, we didn't even have a 
Yeah, we did have a bus. Let me not lie. We, we had a bus, okay? We, we They gave us a bus <laughs> to go down there, okay? And I have these pictures really cool of uh, the kids kind of like prepping and looking like little attorneys and stuff on the way down there. And so I'm old school. Like I when I, I did debate, like we had to go through newspapers hand by hand, highlight information, yeah. catalog it, be able to recall it when you need to build an argument and things like that. And I made them learn it that way. Um, even though we had the internet, even though, you know, they had they had subscription services where, you know, if you had the budget, you could just order a brief and it'll make the argument for you. Oh, wow. Right? But I made them do it the old school way, right? So it's like, you know, we're going to come through newspapers, had a little, get off the bus route, little, mm-hmm. little crates and stuff full <laughs> of folders. And so they got off and they started looking around and the kids had their little jackets on like this mm-hmm. one and it was a little patch up here and, you know. And I saw it like we had lost already, you know, just getting off the bus because they they mentally they they had beat us, you know. And so, you know, I kind of saw him. So I said, okay, huddle the team up, you know, like, Mm -hmm. hey, man, what y'all thinking? Because I can see in your face. Y'all look shook. You look Mm -hmm. scared. Mm -hmm. And if if this was a fight fight, you know, coming from where they from, you know, (laughs) Uh looking like they was looking would have been, you know, just a no go. (laughs) So it's like, why are y'all losing this battle mentally before we even start? Well, hey, they look prepared. I was like, you haven't heard them say a word yet. Exactly. Right? So, you know, I tried. I don't know what I said, but I gave them my little pep talk or whatever. And I'm like, all right, man, we're going to go in here and do this. And it's like, all right, it is what it is. At least they have done their own, their first competition. Mm -hmm. And we got it done. Say so we in, man. I, I'm not gonna lie. We took like first two rounds. We took all L's. Like <laughs> we lost, we lost everyone. But then this one girl, and I knew she had it in her. She came back with the first win, and after that, the seal broke. Okay, and it was different. And so, like the first time they came back, they you know they come back with their tail. The first couple of rounds, they come back with their tail tucked. We'll sit in the corner. They ain't talk to nobody or anything. But when the girl came back with the first win, and then this uh, this, this other guy. Them, they, they're both seniors. They came, he came back, and then he came back with a win. Then it just started coming, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And so, and then the, the little white kids with the jacket started coming over to them. Like, hey, man, that was a, that yeah. was a good argument. Uh-huh, I, wasn't, uh-huh. I wasn't prepared for that because it wasn't in the brief. Mm. It wasn't in the stuff. They they just rehearsed it. They yeah. just, all they did was memorize the speech. Mm-hmm. You didn't do the work. You weren't, pre- and, and therefore they weren't prepared for any argument or evidence that wasn't already prepared by somebody else in the brief. So they were all basically in there using the same information. Mm. All you got, all you had to do was say it better than the other person. But see, my kids started realizing they was like, and and that was weird because when they came out the first couple rounds, it was like a slow build because the first round they were like, they got the same arguments we do. And you came up with them yourself. Like, cause it's (laughs) it's only one way. Some, you know, you're talking about, you know, racism or I think, you know, what is the, um, one of my favorite ones in college, I did debate. I had to argue with the, and this kid, this boy, he was like my arch nemesis. Like I <laughs> freaking hated him. We did something called parliamentary debate. So he would always speak like a, he was like with a British mm-hmm. ass accent, like oh, for no Lord. reason, like just to be extra. Like, yeah. Hated him with a passion. And um, and he beat me a lot of times early on. Like it, it, he and I, I don't like to. I, you don't like to lose. I, I, <laughs> It's not something I'm comfortable with. That's all I'll, I'll say that. Like, I'm not a sore loser, but I just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm never going to, it's not going to sit well on me, you know? I guess. So I'm going to keep coming. Like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, until I figure out. And I, I figured out, I man, I, we had this debate. It was about reparations. Oh. And I don't know why they did this, because normally, sometimes they try it on purpose to, like, make sure, <laughs> you know, people uh-huh. from different cultures yeah. end up on the right side of yeah. the argument so that they don't have to say stuff like this. But yeah, in the debate, he actually said, if you give black people reparations, they'll spend it on beer and prostitutes. Hmm. 
And again, I don't know what it is about me. Sometimes, like, and this, if you read the book Relentless, you'll know I have it. Because oh. I don't even remember what I said. But Whatever who, I did, I went beast but mode. statistically, who spends the most money on being prostitutes? <laughs> I, I do know I said that. So I got to the end of it, and I was like, so I, can, I don't know where he got this information. I can only assume that he's making this assumption because that's what you would do with the money. Like, right. like girl, I, I let him have it. <laughs> and at the end of it, they was like, well, I don't think we need to even say who won this debate. <laughs> like, and, he, and he came out of it, and like, girl, like he hadn't said anything racist or nothing. was just like, girl, that was a good debate. <laughs> and I'm sure he's a politician somewhere right now. Probably like, cause so. he just, he didn't even care. Like he, he wasn't even, he spoke on it. He didn't even like believe that or mm-hmm. nothing. He just was willing to say that to yeah. my face yeah. in a debate. And girl, I'll let him have it though. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway, so I like debate and, um, it was really cool to see them come back and just be like, them jackets don't mean nothing. Yeah. You got to figure Neither out your worthiness. Yeah. Yeah, you got to already come with your worthiness. You can't let nobody take your sunshine. But it's easy to fall, like, you know. And, I, you know, I, I have the advantage, you know, I, like I said, for at least a couple of years, I heard other dialects. I think I even lived in Germany for a little while with my dad oh, cool. before he died. Um, so I can pick them up, you know. And uh-huh. Like, I, I'm good with languages and things. Like, I could code switch, like, girl, like a, mm, yes. like a pro. That's what my son said. But... But, you know, I speak hood fluently, too, yeah. you know, and and just f- to have my students, that's one of the things I, I love. I teach language. That's how I know, you know, I got to correct that record because I, ta- I talk to my students about something called registered language. Anyway, not going to get into it. The point is informal language. Man, y'all, all that. Yeah. It's just like like and uh, it's, it's just it's yeah. the same thing. It's yeah. casual language and it's appropriate. In certain cases. So it's not bad. Yeah. The fact that we make it bad and we tell kids it's bad. We tell kids you sound like you stupid. You we tell oh, we reinforcing yes. things. I don't tell my kids stuff like that. I say, okay. I say you need you don't need to ask, you know, something like that. It doesn't make you stupid. It's it's, it's it makes you comfortable. That's what that language what casual language is. Um, but when I, I need you to know how to switch it when you need yes. to. I need you to know what not what's right or wrong, what's appropriate. That's a good way what's, to put it. And what's inappropriate in certain situations. Sometimes formal language isn't appropriate. That's when right. I'm trying to entertain, trying to, inter, you know, become acquainted with somebody and doing things like that, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Right? The opposite also works. When you go into a uh, you go into a court, you don't say, hey, judge, what's up, man? You know, like, yeah. you, that's not the appropriate place for that. So a little shift in language affirms kids rather than degrades them. Mm. You know, things like that. So when I teach language registers of language, or I teach language, it's one of those three, one of those things I was telling them about, you know, <laughs> that apparently was pointless. But I teach them the levels of how you communicate things and where it's appropriate and that sort of thing. And that's a stronger thing than just what a word means. Mm. Right. And so, um, you know, just those lessons are important. I don't know why I get off. <laughs> that's all right. Who or what inspires you? Um, I am inspired by my parents, too. Uh, my dad, uh I didn't know any of this. It's like my parents, like I said, my dad died when I was young and my mom died when I was about 13. Oh, I'm sorry to hear um, Thanks. I appreciate that. But um, it's like I had more time with my mom, but that was a different situation. And then I didn't really get to know my dad that much. Doing a little bit of research later on, I found out like my dad's like in the 80s, like this black dude, you know, went to the Air Force, really good at computers, really smart, um, over in Germany, teaching our allies how to use you know, defense, wow. you know, planes and things like that, pulling overnighters at NORADs, just stuff I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. And so just he 
he's evidence to me. And I, I think about what it would have meant to me to have that story when I was a kid, thinking mm. that I was bad at math. And bef mm. before it solidified in mm -hmm, my head mm -hmm. that my dad was a math genius. Girl, how are you bad at math? <laughs> how are you? I'm sorry. In my mind, naturally bad at mm -hmm. math, genetically bad at yeah. math. And then my dad's a whole math genius, you know. That's but wonderful. It, it just tells me, like, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves are so important and that we tell our students and everybody else. So um, my mom is also an inspiration. My mom is, like, you know, a very kind person. And the things that she went through in her life, though, it— after my dad died, you know, she was in a series of abusive relationships. Mm. And I, you know, witnessed this, witnessing this as a kid. And then it's weird because I'll hear stories about my mom that my mom was really smart, but she doesn't have any evidence of it. Mm. And so for me, it became a really big motivation to, for Zo my daughter, our daughter Zoe, to have her mom be some somebody that she can be proud of too. You know, I, my husband, is awesome mm -hmm. and he is often in the spotlight and we're comfortable with that dynamic, but I'm comfortable because I know my daughter has things that, sh that she can point to, to say, well, my mom was awesome too. Yes. And therefore <laughs> as a girl, I can be awesome. Yes. So, um, that that's true. Um, yeah. I like that. You, even though you, you said you only had them for a short time, they were dynamic and wonderful people. Imagine having them forever and uh Oh, um, yeah. the other side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm always confronted with that. You know, I talk to my husband about this a lot, too. It's like, you know, it's it's, it's a different level. You have yeah. different perspectives. Yeah. Um, my husband also really does inspire me. Um, one of the things I really like him is like, you know, he just goes after, he just get after it, hey, you he know. Do like, it. He gonna do it. And, um, you know, I'm not a, I know I talk about entrepreneurship. I Like I said, I will talk about it, honestly, if you talk to me, but I'm not a like, hey, quit your job and, you know, go out. <laughs> like, I, that's not, you know, I'm a, careful, planned out, or whatever, yeah. and it just so happens that a lot of times it aligns, and that's mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, that Beyonce song, I see your hustle with my hustle. I can keep you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you told me you love you some Beyonce. I do love Beyonce. <laughs> what are your hobbies? I like escape rooms. Like I told you, I, I okay. really do like puzzles. I'm not a video game merc. So when you were talking about that earlier, mm -hmm. like, we got to get y'all involved. I was like, girl, no. Mm -mm. But I do, like... He'll play games that have puzzles in it, and then he'll get to the puzzle, and he'll throw me, he'll toss me. <laughs> he'll be like, here, here. And I'm like, yes. And I don't know how sometimes, but I'll solve people. How did you solve this? I don't know. I just saw the solution in my head, and I just put it in there. Um, but, yeah, I don't puzzles. know. I'm a big cool. love puzzles. I, I do like to read occasionally. I don't, you know. I don't get to do it as much, you know, for fun as I used mm -hmm. to. Not being um, a grown-up. I know. It's just... Ugh. <laughs> Every, just so much stuff that's fun when you were kids like grown up adulthood just makes it ghetto but, um, what else I do when I get a chance I like to create stuff I actually find it fun to design things I, I'm it's the arc, I'm an architect personality so okay. I like to to build things too. that's cool so he, he, talk, he said I was the Bob Vila that's true that's cool that's true <laughs> what are you listening to music wise reading and studying right now you know this is I'm glad you asked me this question okay. because I think for some reason people always think like she probably listen to like classical music or something I don't know why you, no, you look like you being a like praise glory like nah. you just be in the car I mean I do there is this really um, <laughs> redeemer okay oh I love that song. I, I, I do like that song but I, I use like ratchet stuff I'm okay what you listening like, to right now Cardi if we turn B on your radio uh money <laughs> okay 
it's probably gonna pop up like literally I don't know why but it's like I think I paused it on my phone so every time I get in the car it picks up it's like boom oh that's cool <laughs> are um, you reading anything I read literally everything, but it's mostly informational stuff now. I read science magazines, psychology. I I, I, I think learn once everything. you develop your passion, that becomes the your field of study. Yeah, like you just learn. <laughs> I like to learn stuff because yeah. I never know. And, and I it's been it's the slumdog millionaire thing. Yeah, I'll be in a conversation like when I ooh, when I train the CT uh, the the Shelby County teachers. Uh-huh. Um, so many times, like, they'll just think, like, oh, you know, she just, they just got this lady up, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they'll try to, like, I don't know if they're trying to stump me. They're trying to stump They're trying to stump You know. But I'll be like, um, like, one, so, so one of these teach, like, welding and, uh-huh. you know, that's her thing. And I had just started watching, um, what's the show where they make swords and stuff? Like, I don't know why, oh, but I'm just, I'm yeah. on it. Like, I was watching it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really in here talking to him about it. He's just looking at me like, girl, look at how you know this? <laughs> because I just, I. I consume everything. I really do. I, I like to learn stuff. It's just like you never know. And sometimes I could be reading something with a kid and they just might be interested in it. And it forms this, yeah. you know, it connects them to what they're trying to learn. So, yeah, I read everything. I just I don't like I said, I don't read for fun. I used to read. Uh, I'm a good big. I like action. Chicks with swords. Stuff like he'll tell you, you know, I any action, action adventure type of thing. OK. What's your favorite song? I don't really, I was like, I was thinking about that when you, when you asked Dominic. She's like, I don't really have one. You like have I said, one I, I will listen to Redeemer on repeat in okay. the morning. I was trying to get my mind right to deal with, middle, especially when we went to middle school. I was oh, like, Lord mm. Jesus. Um, but no, I don't really, like, I like Beyonce. I'll say that because I bought that album, the blue album when she got the diamonds on. Uh-huh. I bought the album probably like 14 times. My little sisters kept stealing it from me. So <laughs> probably. <laughs> That or, oh, no. Okay. Final answer. Upgrade you, Beyonce. I listen to it every year on our anniversary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to do that. Let me inspire myself to upgrade. <laughs> Jeff, every year. Oh, that's not about me. It's about him. <laughs> that's what I said. Inspire oh, okay, myself gotcha. to upgrade him every year. Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. So I'd be like, yeah, that's my jam. What's your favorite movie? I'm going to just say Christmas movies in general. Like, I even like the terrible ones. Like, I just, I like, I'm a fake Christmas fan. I like Home Alone. Ooh, uh, even when. Ooh. Yeah. Home Alone? Die Hard. Home Alone. That, that's kid Die Hard. That's my husband calls it. It's true. It's even even when we did celebrate the holiday. Oh, I hate Christmas music. Everything. Oh, it just gets played out. It did just, you used to work in retail? You used to work in retail? Yeah. Yeah. Working in that retail. Makes sense. And even in the shop. Like, after Thanksgiving, the shop owner would turn on Christmas music for the rest of the year. I'd be like, if y'all yeah. play another Christmas song, I'm quitting. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of here. Christmas music, but I do like Christmas movies. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, it's... It's the same it's premise. The, Somebody of mean. Of course it is. And then they got to learn how to be good. And but then it, they but get it's, a gift. it's aspirational. Can't somebody kick their ass? Somebody. It's, it's aspirational. Because <laughs> then you go out here in the streets during actual Christmas. And it's just, everybody's all just <laughs> hectic. And they did just, you it's just, just like the atmosphere cheer. of, yeah, I like the fake cheer. Like, this is what Christmas <laughs> is supposed to be. And then you go out in the street, people just getting robbed and, you know. <laughs> Everybody just seems panicked and and, well, and everything. Well, Kevin is beat down, everybody. Yeah, but see, he triumphs over evil. Is you know <laughs> through a little mischief. I can't. I, I gotta you. be. I gotta like I told you. I like mischievous children. They're smart. <laughs> so that kid is like 
he should have grown up to be an engineer, man. clearly. Hey, man. <laughs> which is, speaking of which, some of y'all in the streets engineering how to steal Hondas and stuff. What you saying? Taking cars apart. Get your butt in school. I know this, right? Or figure out a way you can take that right, skill go, go, go to Hon- and become an entrepreneur. Go to Honda yeah. and be a consultant on theft. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this is yes. how I would steal your car, sir. Like that guy <laughs> who uh, yeah. was putting up the videos on how to break into everything. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, he making a killing on YouTube. Now, I don't know why, he, yeah, you know, you doing that, encouraging, you know, <laughs> knuckleheads or whatever. But Well, he says it's to show the people how to keep themselves safer. But so. you're not, you don't ever do that side. Unless I miss the part B, you you just told how to steal it. You didn't say how to keep it, well, how to prevent say, the theft. do this, so, because this is how they do it, and you know, but you like you said, like the said, whoever is, is like, coming up with the, the tactics yeah. is a smart person, and yeah. you could be doing other stuff with your it's the new year. Time to start that business you've been talking about. Let BTM Business Solutions and Social Studio help you out with virtual office services like co-working space, business formation assistance, conference and event space, and content studio rental, which includes a fully equipped studio. Log on to btmbs.com right now and sign up for the email list to receive codes for $25 off virtual office services and $15 off conference and event space and studio rentals. Need more info? Call 901-490-7995. BTM Business Solutions and Social Studio. You're right. That's you know, true. So. Okay, so this is the part where we go back to business. Okay. If you would do anything differently when you start your business with all the knowledge that you have, what would you do different? Like, I understand. I, I, I really would just go into it with confidence that, you know, for me, our my ideas were the collateral. Okay. That there were other people that had bigger brands, they had bigger, you know, contacts lists or whatever it is. But they didn't. Have, they don't have my ideas. That's right. They don't know how to put things together. Like I, I, you know, I've been in situations not in a teaching capacity, just out, and it was just like, you know, that's a really complicated thing. You make it. Seem, you made it seem so simple, mm. but that's a, that, that is a thing that not everybody has, and that was hard for me sometimes. Like you know, my husband, he he coins it the Jordan complex. Like sometimes you just assume like, oh, y'all can't do this. Like, and some of us sitting on some real talents, and we just assume that because it's easy for us, it's easy for everybody else. My husband Ooh, say that all the time. He be like, everybody don't think like you. I be like, they don't. And be like, that's weird, but <laughs> that's because that was for you. That was for you. Everybody don't think like, babe, babe. I be like, okay. And, you, and, <laughs> and just being able, I probably would have listened to my husband a little bit more, you um, know. He, that's sweet. Yeah, no. <laughs> he probably rolling his eyes because it, it was a long time coming. But it's like, you know, like I said, he, he'll he get after it. And I'm very like, okay, hold on. Let's you look at the strategic of, you know, the, you know that sort of thing. So he'll be like, walk in there and tell him that you make, you you going to make this much a day. And I'll be like, mm, that mm. sounds like a lot. And so, you know, that sort of thing. So um, probably would have just, you know, borrowed some of the, you know, I think personally that it's easier sometimes for men. Women, we, you know, we tend to doubt ourselves. Yeah. We tend to play down be, ourselves. Exactly. And then, you know, um, speaking of a project coming up later, I'm going to talk about I, okay. I know it's coming up. Um, but I got a project that's geared towards this. But I, I think so much of it is because we're afraid, um, at least, again, a theory that we hear middle school girls in our head, you know? Like, that's where what we... You that's where our confidence gets rocked. And, and I wasn't you know. one of the cool ones. Yeah, me neither. I was, 
I, I've come to terms with the fact that apparently I was a nerd, but or I was. I don't know. I wasn't a nerd. I, was a nerd. I just was. Uh, I was called a ghetto Barbie doll oh. in middle school. See, we we need to hear that the right way. When people say that, that's don't, girl. I mean, you was cute. Was I like guess cute. I, I, I I give them. They were saying I was cute, but why I gotta be a ghetto one? Why I just can't be a Barbie doll? Because you because you're not a Barbie. You need to own that. I guess, but yeah, that was called. I was like, y'all been calling me that? Like, I I couldn't believe it. You need to hear the compliment. That's that's middle school girl for girl. You cute, but I can't say that because nobody has taught me how to affirm another person without me feeling like I'm degraded. So mm. I can only give a compliment couched a in a yeah, one. pretty much. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one day I'm gonna take it and, and make it into something good. But right now, I'm mad at them. <laughs> What advice would you give to new entrepreneurs? Just to start. Just to start. Mm -hmm. Just, like I said, whatever the step is, whatever the first step is, it's right there. Us thinking that you got to have the next 20 steps mapped out, planned out, purchased, and everything before you even take dip your toe in is is crazy mm -hmm. and it doesn't work like that you'll always that fear will always whisper to you that you're not ready mm. and so you're as ready as you're ever going to be then that's right that's what somebody told me i was kind of trying to move out of town and i was like i'm just waiting on a perfect time and they was like it'll never be the perfect never. time never 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 if never. you want to go get up and go you making excuses i was like okay yeah. See, I try, I try not to be Virgo best friend sometimes, though. It's like, it, it ain't for everybody. It, it, it hurt people feelings, so. so she showed her minds, but I, I understood what she was saying. So what's next for you and your business? Man, everything. Um, I liked it. Book launching. Book is Activating Kids Superpower. So it, it is about building cult classroom cultures that, you know, empower kids and teachers. Okay. And leaders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody can pick up this book if you're in that setting and in that mindset. Um, speaking I want engagements. It hot. Make sure you, you let me know. I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you. Um, what is it? Um, I don't know the release date, but it's it, there's a World Superhero Days in April. So, oh, I'm going to be looking. Okay. So, um, what is it? Uh, yeah, speaking engagements. So, taking that show on the road, just doing more of that. Uh, I kind of avoid it unless somebody like really pushes my hand like, hey, we you know, we really want you to come talk about this. But now just understanding that, you know, if I wanted to go back to that, that goal I had in the beginning, which is to have an impact, then you have to speak, you know. Yeah. So just doing that. This is I have a podcast. Oh, I'm working on podcast. No, what is the, oh, OK, hold on. Can I don't I can I can preview. All right. Come on. It's called the B Word Podcast. Oh. And it goes back to the conversation we were having earlier, why particularly black women, but women in general, we don't do things because subconsciously we're afraid of being called the B Word. Yeah. But there's so many other B Words we could substitute if we heard what people are saying, really saying mm. better, right? Mm -hmm. They say you're being a B <laughs> because, you know, you you spoke up. Well, that word is brave. Mm. Right. Or they say you're, you know, you're, you're being a B word because, um, uh, you know, you think you're better than me or that you're, mm. you know, ghetto Barbie doll, whatever it is. That just really <laughs> means you're beautiful and you need to learn how to own it. And so it's just 
really trying to deconstruct that idea and that that fear that sometimes holds us back because of how we're going to be perceived. And sometimes that what we think we're going to be perceived as is not correct. And mm. even when it is, who cares? Mm. Let them have their insecurities. They don't mean you got to own it for them. I like that. So. Be Word podcast is coming out. And then I, and more episodes of Pedagogy After Dark and some of the teaching, social media, um, content, things like that. Like, we're really pushing out content, our own ideas. Um, I like working in schools. I like working with companies. I, I do like designing things and that sort of thing for other people. But a lot more of, you know, content that you'll be seeing directly from us. Have you ever thought about bottling it up and selling it that way? What do you mean? Like uh, packaging stuff? Yeah. Like yeah. that, like almost like hooked on phonics, but uh, learning t- tools. Absolutely. So those kind of like curriculum deals and things are in the works as well. You see, you um, see how my mind. No, it, it, and it took me a long time because like so much of it, like as I went, was doing the work. You know what I mean? And sometimes you get stuck in the work. And it feels like you almost need this other person to step outside of it and mm-hmm. market the work and that sort of thing and do all the rest of this stuff. And so in the beginning, it was just like the two of us. And I just, I did all the you know, the design, like the, the mm-hmm. stuff, and he, he handled the money and then often, like, made the, you know, deals and connections mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then sometimes, I'll be honest, he'll, like, make a create an opportunity out of, like, nowhere, and I'll just be like, who finna do this, though? Who's gonna, <laughs> like, make it and, like, not have the but bandwidth? But that make y'all a good team. It, it was. Um, but there were team members missing, so one of the, you know, great things about the last couple of years has been growing and bringing on team members Yay. and so that's part of the future, too, probably, you know, just expanding the team so we have, you know, bigger capacity to do some of the things we really want to do. Um, and it's easier because, like I said, we didn't start off with funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I really answer that question. I do that sometimes. I don't that's think right. linear, linearly all the that's time. Right. I don't need them. But um, just going back to it, like, we didn't have a lot of money to begin with, um, but teachers pay teachers some of these marketplaces were relatively cheap or you could they take their cut on the back end so you mm-hmm. could get started like just you know again going back you know entrepreneurs take the step there is an avenue mm-hmm. um you just got to get you got to get grimy um and figure out you know just a pathway directly to what you want if there's gatekeepers you know in the way just figure out how to go around the gate like like you said figuring it out um with what you get one yeah. thing that I'm seeing a lot of is um, prison food. The people that's in prison and how they make their food. How can you? They're Calling. coming out and making it into something that's a skill set. When I saw that, I was like, boy, you just don't know how smart Man. you are. You should have been doing it. And that's the thing. I feel like everybody has a million dollar idea yeah. or skill set or something. And it's just like we just sleep on it. Yeah. And I, I think this either goes back to, you know, what we're reading or maybe it goes back to vice. I don't know. Read a book that my husband left off the list um, last time was The Power of Broke. Hmm. Read The Power of Broke. That's that's what I, you know, it scratch everything. It's read that. I can I can only understand the, the power of broke Lord because you can do some things when you when, when you're, you're hungry home, and you, you're like you figure it out. And what one of the things that he does really well is he talks about how again you're looking at it as a detriment. Mm, I don't have oh what these people God, have. Yes, but the problem is, and I'm trying to see if I should go. So I just went to I went to D.C. recently, right? And I went there because the Department of Education, you know. They have these opportunities and these grants and things that you can apply for, right? And so 
you know, this is like two years ago, I think we applied for one because I had this idea for a video game I wanted to design and I'm going to design. Yes. Um, but at the time I was looking for funding for it, right? Um, so I'm like, okay, Department of Education grant, that sort of thing. And that didn't work out and that is what it is. So I went to D.C. to just see, okay, some of the projects they did fund and network and rub elbows and learn some things, whatever. But I walked in and I immediately understood that I was different than the people that were there. Mm-hmm. See, I'm an entrepreneur. I understand. I, I I built it from the ground up. I went and got it. I mm-hmm. nobody handed me. Here's a few thousand dollars in grant monies for this idea that right. you have, and they're for education, but they're not educators. Right. None of these people are educators. That's usually how it is. Right. They're fresh out of college. They're mm. you know, and then. Most of them don't look like the kids they're designing for, that these solutions that are supposed to help certain populations. They don't understand, um, you know, people with disabilities. They don't understand language speakers. They don't understand any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're designing um, based on they had an idea, right? Right. Okay. And then they get this check or whatever that's handed to them to go build that idea without without any work. And I'm walking around the room and I'm thinking like, oh, this is who I will be reaching out for this. Like, I'm literally business mindset, right? Because I right. had to do this. And they don't know anything. They're whining about, well, we tried to reach out to the principals and they won't they won't answer the call. And you know, this <laughs> and I was just like, why don't you do like in my head, and sometimes out out loud, because I don't like I said, I don't take I don't gatekeep. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, you should do this. And they're just like, dang, I didn't even think about that. There was mm-hmm. an avenue besides the one that I was traditionally thinking about, mm-hmm. right? But so it made me just understand this process made me an entrepreneur. Yes. It made me um, be able to figure things mm-hmm. out. So now, and then I also realized that if I'm being honest, I can fund myself. I don't actually, that grant will be nice for somebody yeah. to just hand it to me. Yeah. But I'm thinking like, all right, instead of the next year, I can fund it myself over the next three years and it, I own it. Yeah. Right. And, and true enough, the government actually allows you to keep it. So it's great. If you can get a grant, go for yeah. it. Um, but it's just, it changed my perspective. I went there and then I ended up talking to one of the people and he, you know, he just told me the truth point blank. He was like, you make money? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, why else would I do this? And he was like, none of us have ever made a dime. We've wow. been in this we've been in this program. We've been getting grants or whatever. And the stuff they control what you can spend the money on in the grant. Right. And yeah, they can pay themselves a check or whatever. But. They don't they don't make money. They haven't earned anything. Wow. And even the people who were talking about the programs on stage were saying they only expect maybe six to ten percent. And that'll be actually really good. Mm-hmm. That's how much of their the people who receive those grants they ever expect to go to market. Wow. Ever. So they really they expect the people they expect most of the people they give the money to to fail. That and is I'm thinking crazy. like I've been in schools. <laughs> I designed based on like literally to yeah. meet a need because I know what the need is. Yeah. But then I'm also like, you're in a position where you can sell fun now because you built it yourself. And you make the money. And I make money. God. Okay. Mm-hmm. How can people reach out to you? Well, I'm Kendall Lawson. And um, so I'm on Facebook as, <laughs> as you're saying, it's Kendall Johnson Lawson. Um, that's, that's an okay place to reach me, but I, I don't check it that often. So I'm going to be honest. It's going to okay. be a minute. You want to reach me quickly, um, I'm on Instagram and pretty much all social media, eat, eat, teach, create. Okay. The three things uh, I, I'm very fond of. Okay. Um, 
And then I'm on uh, LinkedIn. That's probably a better way to reach me for business. So Okay. And what's the name of your educational podcast? Um, the educational podcast is Pedagogy After Dark. Okay. All right. And be looking out for, you know, the B-Word podcast. Yeah, we're going to be looking out. I might have to ask you your date so we can get some stuff to coordinate. Okay. Coordinate. <laughs> I thank you so much for coming. Thank I, you so much for having me. This is I great. I thank both of you guys. This was crazy. Now I can say. I hope can't you got nobody, some value out of it. Your listeners got some value out of it. Now, can't nobody say I had, they had Dominic and Kendall Lawson. I think that's, I think that's true. I think you are very. Yeah. We're like super, we're like Superman <laughs> Clark King. You don't usually see us in the same place at that's the same right. time. That's right. See? So, I'm the first to do it. <laughs> Be yeah. jealous, people. That's, Be that's jealous. goat status right there. <laughs> I thank y'all so much. I enjoy our conversations. Me too. Like I always do. And since I'm banned, you know, let me <laughs> you just gotta say. come on a different podcast. You can't come on this one because y'all gonna have me in here crying one day. I'm supposed to be hoard on here. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be for entrepreneurials. Right. Ain't no, ain't no crying in business ownership. You do your crying in the core. Oh, I, okay, I was about to. I'm glad you corrected that. Yes, you do it, it is, in the core. But you do it quietly. Yeah, you don't let nobody know because you. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thank you all for coming back again. Kendra, thank you again. Make sure you all reach out to her. All the information will be displayed on the screen, like always. So I hope you all reach out to her. She has some great points, um, some great life lessons and lessons in education. So you all... I hope you all found value. I hope you all have been enriched by this conversation because I have. <laughs> so thank you again. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Bye, you guys. Thank you all for sticking around and listening to Bigger Than Memphis with this week's guest, Kendall Lawson. We do apologize for the technical difficulties, but this week, technology would let your girl be great. But we couldn't let you all miss an amazing episode. So thank you all for your patience. Thank you for the support. And we hope to see you next week.